0: Recorded live in Balcata, Western Australia, the hoon capital of the world. This is Talkin' Power.
1: Gap is what happens uh, when you hold it to the floor and crush the man next to you. There's space in between your back bumper and your front bumper. We, uh, in the south, we refer to it as the Gap Band.
2: Mike, this is going to be an absolutely barnstorming finish.
1: The guide
3: on this one max here the guts. treat these tracks just for the fuel cars hell ray charles could drive one of them damn things in his current state
2: just listen to 351 work
3: nine consecutive top two finishes what's it mean to tie jack and lose mark just imagine if all
2: those seconds were wins
3: torque and power your motorsport and motoring podcast
4: G'day everyone out there in the World Wide Web. Welcome to another episode of Talking Power. I'm here with Simon gonzo Travellini. Thanks for joining us, Simon. Yeah, thanks, Nick. Nick, we're episode eight.
0: No, seven. 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 I'm getting ahead of myself.
4: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did it. announce that. Yeah, welcome to <laughs> se- episode seven, folks. How you been,
0: anyway? Yeah, not bad. Can't complain. Stress, little, stressing yeah. out over the taxi challenge, but we'll talk about that a bit later. Yeah, we yeah, we we haven't
4: spoken about that since the last podcast. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, moving right along, V8 supercars. We haven't had a race for. Oh, it's been a couple of weeks, but we had the Darwin the Darwin race a couple of weeks ago. Just thought we'd recap on that. Another. Really good performance from uh, Penske to, uh, Shell V Power Team. Forward to the top. Yep. Especially on the Saturday, they got the one-two. <laughs> um, where where, th-
0: where are they in the points? They must be surely like.
4: Yeah, they're up there now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 And and I don't because I don't follow the V8s because I think mean, it's as boring yeah. as batshit. But have they got some sort of countdown or something? Reset the no. points and nah? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> That'll probably be next year,
4: I reckon. <laughs> uh, you're referring to NASCAR, aren't you? Oh, making a little NHRA, play on that. everyone does yeah, it. Yeah, no, no. I mean, the NBA yeah, does
0: it. <laughs> AFL does it, don't they? In top they don't
4: eight. It's <laughs> the top eight. You know, it was an interesting turn of events for um, some teams, but it was really sad to see Rick Kelly, he, he qualified on pole, um, crashed out on, on the Saturday race. This
0: was with the Nissan.
4: Yeah, yeah. I think the Nissans need a bit of love, um, and it was sad to see that happen, but never mind. Um, Alex's Alex home, We <laughs> talked about young Alex a couple of... Well, last podcast, actually.
0: Now, this is the kid whose dad bought him a drive, is that? Mm,
4: yeah. yeah. We won't begrudge him that. We won't, we're we not going to begrudge him that. But... Um, well, you don't have to. No, no. No, no, no. <laughs> but what he did on the... Um, on the Saturday, look, I, even I'm going to have a difficult time um, justifying that he pulled right out on the fast lane. Garf Tander coming down at speed um, almost caused a massive wreck. He was actually fined ten thousand dollars, five thousand of it suspended till next year, um, and banned from qualifying for the Sunday race, which I don't think has happened for a long time.
0: Yeah, I know, but is ten grand, five grand, is it really going to affect people who have got that much money?
4: No, probably not, but I think ban him from the qualifying for the next the, the Sundays race was a bit of a hit.
0: No, oh, I think they need to ban him for X amount of races.
4: Yeah, yeah. No, it was pretty it was pretty ordinary and I and I defended young Alex uh, a couple of weeks ago but this one's difficult.
0: Anyway, listen, enough about the uh the actual V eights, right? The trucks. <laughs> right. <laughs> Everyone's talking about the trucks
4: they are talking about the trucks uh, for the wrong reasons <laughs> for the wrong reasons
0: <laughs> i don't know if you listen to that uh,
4: that, that recording <laughs> well let's just have a listen to the initial report on on the sunday evening this was as the, the news broke uh let's just have a listen here Good evening. It seems not all of the high octane action has been restricted to Hidden Valley this weekend with a super truck caught doing burnouts in the city. Catherine Foran joins us now live from Mitchell Street with the exclusive details. Catherine, what can you tell us?
3: O,
0: police were there waiting after the last race at Hidden Valley this evening after a truck. One of the event's super trucks was filmed doing burnouts here on Mitchell Street last night. Several videos of the Devil Bliss super truck has been posted on social media. In the footage you can see it do several donuts just metres from where people are standing, creating smoke and marking the road before it's seen erratically driving off. It's a black mark on what was otherwise a very successful weekend of motorsport.
4: Yes, behaviour like that should be restricted to the racetrack. Catherine, thank you. I like that little closing slap
0: from the the uh, the, the anchorman. Should be restricted to Kings Park. <laughs> <laughs> no, hang on. Hang on. Should be restricted to Scarborough Car Park.
4: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's like Rick Arden and uh, Susanna Carr coming on and giving a little closing slap
0: at the end there, you know? Just, <sighs> Look, you know, the media is the media, Nick. The media is the media. It is. Look, at this stage... They
4: didn't know who it was. Now it was, it was late Sunday that they actually impounded the car and then we found out it was actually Robin Gordon himself. Let's just have a listen to Robbie Gordon uh, after court.
1: I've done stuff like this probably two or 300 times uh, over my career. There was two security guards there. I asked them, hey, think I can whip a couple doughies? They said, I don't care. Heck, some cities promote it. Um, Unfortunately, here in Northern Territory, they uh, they frown on it. So it is what it is. I think I did two donuts, maybe uh, at, at speed, just so we can, you know, not to make excuses, but probably less than five k an hour. I own the series; we make the rules. If we come back next year, obviously, no donuts on Mitchell Street.
0: Yeah, uh, Robbie, they frown upon it everywhere. <laughs> So the truck's been impounded for twenty-eight days. Is that no, correct? No,
4: he got it back two days later.
0: I don't oh. know how that works. Oh, that's got me stuck. Oh, it's different rules. Yeah, two oh. days. So you can do donuts. Apparently, didn't look like a crowd to me, but apparently, in in a crowded on a crowded street. Yeah. In an unregistered vehicle. Yep. Right. And your car doesn't get impounded. Is this a precedent? Should we be getting the papers through Freedom of Information and making it available to the public? I don't know what was done there, but, I mean,
4: if we want to talk about this, what about Troy Buswell?
0: <laughs> Didn't he get busted? He got busted. The car never got impounded. Oh. Oh. But it was a government car, wasn't it? Yeah. Never got locked up for 28 yeah. days. I don't know. They're not in government anymore, so there's no point talking about it. But on that note, on that note... Double header for Labor this week. What's that?
3: <laughs> What are you looking at me like that
0: for? Uh, okay, so... Everything's going up, mm. right? My, my main Wyatt... My main man, Wyatt... <laughs> he's, he's announced to the public... Sorry, but you're going to have to suck it up. We've got a $40 billion deficit to pay. It's the responsible thing to do. Okay? So, that's the first one. Second one is... The building minister... The cladding, after the tragedy that happened in England, we've now found that there's buildings in Perth, government-owned buildings, that have got cladding that doesn't meet the Australian standards. So instead of going back to the supplier and saying, hey, dude, this isn't Australian standard cladding. We want you to replace it at your expense. The government is now spending more money to put thermal sensors in, upgrade the fire... Uh, systems in these buildings and putting in a 24-hour concierge. Yeah. Simon, so
4: <laughs> <in>, mate, <laughs> the?
0: Perth is littered
4: with buildings in that si- same situation.
0: Well, you know, that's not on. As far as I'm concerned, you go back to the contractor and you say, this is the Australian standard. I don't even know how you got this material into the mm. country. Yeah. And you make them replace it. So you tell me, is someone buttering someone's, well... Palm.
2: Cool, All right. Speaking
0: of buttering palm, the Daniel Ricardo quote. Oh, I love that quote. You you pointed that quote quote out to me. Have we got it handy? Alan was here. This is Daniel Ricardo after winning, which you know, hats off. Awesome result for uh, Australia. Daniel Ricardo will butter my butt and call me a biscuit. That was a race <laughs> on Twitter immediately after the race. <laughs> So, a lot of drama in this one. Nick, I actually fell asleep. (laughs) I'm not joking. I actually fell asleep. There was a lot
4: of drama, and I'm not sure if it was good for the sport or bad for the sport. I'm yet to to decide. I I really don't know. I'm going to hedge my bets both ways.
0: So, for those of you that didn't watch the race, it started off, you know, in the usual fashion, follow the leader. Uh, But unfortunately, for whatever reason... There was a lot of tagging going on there was a lot of debris and those F1 cars are that fragile that they just fall apart as soon as they look at each other so they had to stop safety car Lewis Hamilton was whinging about the safety car going too slow and uh, they couldn't keep the temperature in the tires etc etc this happened a couple of times and then finally whether he wants to admit it or not Lewis decided to um, brake test Vettel. Oh, yeah, it was a brake no test. No doubt. <laughs> uh, yeah. According to him, it wasn't. But, but what amazes me is you're whinging that the, the safety car's going too slow, and then you decide to, you know, jump on the brakes, like, slow down even more. So, anyway, nonetheless, Vettel runs into the back of him, and Vettel decides to do something which is, I thought was pretty cool. <laughs> Pulls alongside of him, gives him a bit of a bump. Yep. <laughs> but... Vettel got a 10-second stop go, yeah. incidentally, at the same time as uh, Hamilton was asked to pit. That's correct. Yep. this all happened after the red flag. So That's correct. When yeah. the red flag came out and all the cars came into the pits. And this is the thing, Formula One, you know, like it's meant to be the pinnacle of motorsport, right? No one knew what the rules were. No. no one knew what they were allowed to do to the cars, what they weren't allowed to do to the cars. Like some teams were practically rebuilding the cars. <laughs> in the- It was true. Yeah. I'm not exaggerating. Uh, putting tyres, new wings, new diffusers, yeah. this, that. Anyway, I fell asleep. Yeah. I thought, this is ridiculous. How many times are they going to stop this race? And the commentators, the two English guys, right, mm. they, they were talking about how exciting it was after the restarts because all the cars were bunched together. And I thought, you know what, maybe they should just drag race because yeah. <laughs> they're all bunched together then. just whoever gets to the end of the track first. I, I, anyway, so, uh, yeah, going from the MotoGP earlier mm. that night, watching that, and then watching the F1, it's understandable why I fell asleep. Yeah. Uh, That has got to be, like, one of the best races of this season, if not the best. And I reckon this championship is probably one of the uh, closest, hardest-fought, most dramatic MotoGP championships Mm. there's ever been.
4: Definitely. Yeah. Can we just finish off with Formula 1? I want to talk a little bit more about some of the battles that have been going on. If you want, yeah. you know, <laughs> I just wanted to talk about, let's just have a listen to Lewis Hamilton and Sebastian Vettel after the race.
3: It definitely sets the present, I think, not only for, it sets the present within Formula One, I think it also does for all the young kids that are watching us Formula One drivers drive and conduct ourselves uh they're seeing today how a mortal four-time world champion behaves and i think uh hopefully that doesn't ripple into the younger categories um in terms of how things are penalized how you can do something like that and then still finish fourth i think it's uh i don't know um i've not really thought too much about it since i just tried as hard as i could to to get back up but uh
2: obviously it's yeah not a great day
3: What happened between you and Lewis, behind the safety car?
2: Well, I think you saw.
3: We saw, first there was contact from behind. Do you feel that Lewis was driving too slowly?
2: Uh, Well, no, the leader dictates the pace, but we were exiting the corner. He was accelerating and then he braked so much that I couldn't... I was braking as soon as I saw, but I couldn't stop in time and ran in the back of him. I think that was just not necessary.
3: And then there was the moment in which you hit him. From the side, Lewis says this is a dangerous precedent not just for Formula One but also for kids
4: coming through the sport.
2: Uh, well, I think you know Formula One is for grown ups. I think, uh, as I said, the maneuver before was not necessary and obviously uh, damaged my front wing, damaged also his rear, I think, a little bit. So, I think that was just not. The right way to do it exiting the corner accelerating and then braking um, I don't think there was any point of doing that
0: <laughs> do we really have to talk about this you know formula one <laughs> is for grown-ups
4: that is the statement we're gonna take away from this race There was one other sound clip please just do me I just want to play this one as well this is Sebastian in car when they gave him the 10 second stop go
0: a 10 second stop and go penalty for dangerous driving
2: and we need to pay it in two laps for now what did I do with dangerous driving then can you give me an explanation when I did dangerous driving <laughs> uh, nah.
4: we we'll, we'll speak after now keep your head down <laughs> uh, yeah I had a, a real good chuckle all over the weekend <laughs> um <laughs> You know, I never really liked Sebastian. When he came over to Ferrari, you know, I had to adopt him as a hands
0: kind of thing. But Ah, oh, come on, man. You've you, you got to admit that it, it was ballsy for him to do what he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And it was funny to watch. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. You know, I just think that they are all just a bunch of spoiled brats and they really need to... Get in something like a door slammer and drive it, and grow some balls, because <laughs> you know it's all, like all the bullshit with the restart. Whether there's a safety car there or not, what's the other one they call the uh, virtual virtual, virtual safety car. car? The guy who's in front, especially if it's a git like Hamilton, right? He's going to try and do whatever he can to get an advantage. So, he's going to slow right down, make sure the guy's in the wrong gear behind him, whatever. Whatever he can do to, to stuff the guy up behind him. And that's the thing. Like, these guys aren't out for a fair race. They're just out there to win by whatever, mm. you know, it is. Now, I was stoked when you... T- and, and seriously, I did fall asleep. So, I was stoked when I found out that Ricardo won.
4: Yeah, yeah.
0: Even if it was a Stephen Bradbury move. It was. Nonetheless, he won, right? <laughs> Because that kid there, I like him. I I think that he's great for the sport. He's Mm. very charismatic. And I still don't get why he's not driving a Ferrari. Mm. No, (laughs) neither do I. (laughs) Anyway, you want to talk about, I know you've been pestering me about this $250 million that they paid to put on this race. Well, one would argue that the
4: people of Azerbaijan can't afford this. Um, yeah. I'm sure that they can't, but no. someone paid for it. Well, They're on 300 tax, bucks yeah. $300 a week. Yeah, $300. No, monthly, monthly. I said a month. Yeah, it's an average oh. wage. The people at Azerbaijan have an average monthly wage of $300. And... This race is heavily funded by the taxpayer or the
0: government. Let's yeah, but that. Nick, that's probably how much Barnett spent on his, his office when he got in last. <laughs> eh? In Subiaco, didn't he spend $250 million? No, that was on the desk. No, nah, it, it was on the footbridge. <laughs> the footbridge.
4: <laughs> so <laughs> I think with Liberty Media taking over, I think this race is, is days are number, numbered.
0: Uh, look, Formula 1 V8 supercars... It's not happening. Mm. I mean, you sit there and watch the MotoGP, yep. right? Where oh, you're yeah. on the edge of your seat for that whole race from start to finish, and then in the closing laps it starts to rain. Yeah. What like those guys are on two wheels and it's raining and they're on slicks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then you go to watch the Formula One where they're carrying on like sport brats. Mm. That's That's all they are. Yeah. They're sport brats. Yeah. You know, it was a great result because Ricardo. Mm ricardo won and out of all the people that could have won i think that he was the most deserving yeah you know yeah. you could almost argue that there was divine intervention mm.
4: i agree <laughs> i agree it was good to see lance stroll getting third i was hoping for second but he got um yeah, I i'm, I'm gonna ask out.
0: you something nick right sorry mm. to cut you off there yeah why is it that williams is having so many engine problems they're running the same engines as the mercedes team
4: I don't think they're the same.
0: You don't? They're, they're not. I
4: think, I think they're a year older.
0: Is that right?
4: I'd say so. Yeah.
0: Well, that sucks. Mm. Well, then the Williams chassis must be pretty good. They are. <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> but to get past like that as well on the on right on that last lap, there's no way they're the same. No.
0: Oh, that, that's yeah. I don't know what to say then. Mm. That's uh, maybe they need to switch to uh, Renault or oh, sorry tag tag hoya. <laughs> whatever whatever power
4: anyway i think we should move on to motor and gp
0: no no let's let's talk Maybe. about let's talk about something else I, I feel deflated after talking about the v8s and you need a bit of a, <laughs> a prep up so uh it had to happen eventually Oh,
4: yeah, I was looking at that. I was wondering when you were going to go. <laughs> I was wondering, when's he going to move on that one? <laughs> so what do you think of that? Uh, just before we say anything, I'll, I'll lead in and you can give us your, your two cents worth. Paul, now pr- forgive me if I say his name wrong,
0: Moyerhead? I don't know how you pronounce
4: it. Yep. Anyway, Paul, as we know, with the twin turbo uh, Mustang over the years, he's going door slammer. So, he's purchased a Jerry Bickle Mustang. Uh, I think it's a 69 or a 68. Um, and he's going blowing, blown. And he's going to go after...
0: Well, if he wants to run door slammer, he's got yeah, to go blown. No, that's
4: right. <laughs> but he, he says here, and I'm quoting him, you want to beat the best when you race. In this country, the best door car driver and team is John Zapier and Zapier Racing. Correct we've done great things with the turbo cars but after all we've done the pro mod deal hasn't taken off here and for us to race against the best on home soil we need to go down this road so you kind of hinted at what he you didn't say he needed to do this but you felt no no he, I
0: said that he needed to do this you <laughs> did yeah I didn't want to, I didn't want to I, put words in your mouth well there. no I mean you know I, I, don't, I never understood the point of building either of his two cars Mm. or bringing them to australia if you want to race those classes in america then go for it yeah um but you know you got to remember that those guys over there they don't they don't take prisoners they Mm. go to the racetrack and you know they don't care if they run over their crankshaft on the finish line they're going there to win so 560s when there's cars over there doing 540s, it's not going to cut it. You might have the mile an hour, but we've seen before you can run big mile an hour if the ET's slow, and we know turbo cars always run big mile an hour anyway. Mm. It's all about getting the ET. I don't know how they're going to go. I don't know who they're going to hire. I mean, there's a big difference between teams like Zapier's and teams like Moitz. John Zapier has developed that car, that engine combination, that transmission combination, that suspension combination, over many, many laps. Uh, the last time I spoke to John, I think he had like over uh, 400, 500 laps on this car, let alone wow. the previous car. So, <clears throat> you know, the more laps you do, the more information you get. And, and that's where the, the difference is because... Moitz has got the money. There's no doubt about that. Look at his cars. Look at the way they're presented. Look at the parts. You know, look at the workmanship. Mm. Um, So I guess what he'll need to do is hire some guys from the US to set the car up. And then the difference will be in the way the tracks react, whether the Americans can get the American car to go down the Australian track. Because, you know, we, we take it for granted that our tracks are good. And don't get me wrong. Our tracks are good. But... Those tracks in America, they're like a sheet of glass, and they just pull the glue down, and they have it exactly how the the drivers want it with their traction. Because too much is too much, and not enough is not enough. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see. I mean, you would have to argue that right now, uh, going by what they're running in America, you should theoretically be able to get a fourteen seventy one U.S. NHRA Pro Mod legal car, bring it over here, and Run 560s, but whether you can drop the hammer as hard in the first half of the track, it remains to be seen. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. It'll be interesting to see if they bring the CV boys along for the ride with them, if they're going to be their engine builders. Um, oh, I thought I read somewhere it was Billy Stockland
4: doing the tune in. I could be wrong, but I thought that I read that somewhere.
0: Could be, could be. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, but you know, we, you know, look, you know that I've got the most respect for the Yank Pro Mod Tuners. You know, mm. I've been over there. I've hung out with those guys. A great bunch of guys. Very smart. But at the end of the day, look at the other teams when they fly someone over. 580s. Yeah. Right? You're up against the guy that goes 560s. That two tenths, you know, that's that's a world apart in this yeah. type of racing, yeah. you know. So, hey, we'll see what happens. We've got two teams there that are both well funded. You've got the Moitz guys mm. that are gonna drop the hammer. And and you've got the uh ex pro stock um Spinozi, yeah. yeah. so you got okay. Moitz and Spinozzi, yep. those guys have got big budgets. Mm. So we'll just see whether the yep. you know the, the the money can beat the knowledge.
4: Yeah that'll be interesting to see I mean I've always been a big fan of what Paul's done in his twin turbo Mustang I, I I love that car it'll be interesting to see how he goes in
0: this new deal so more Andrew news the lead fuel ban is upon us
4: I, I was surprised I know we've been sort of talking about it but just it was kind of, kind of given a one week notice which I, I found I don't know it still doesn't sit right with me
0: uh, you know, look, <laughs> has Andrew been working with the government bodies? Has the IHRA been working with the government bodies? Has anyone spoken to them? Has anyone kept tabs with what's going on? Is there a direct line between the Minister for the Environment?
4: Yeah, it's good questions that you asking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. I,
0: I think that this is a case of uh, they no one's done anything and they've just assumed that you know, it wasn't an issue They were going to get an
4: extension. I think they did think they were going to get an extension, to be honest.
0: The problem you've got is that... And, and I, I did a bit of research on this not long ago. Um, what happens when a child's brain is developing is that there's little uh, conductive paths created mm-hmm. within the brain, right? And uh, normally, these paths are filled with... Um, I believe it's calcium... Right, and the lead that we, you know, breathe in, etc., um, it takes the place of the calcium and it changes the way that the brain functions, and this has become really prevalent in some of the mining towns around Australia.
4: Okay.
0: So on the one hand, the government uh, wants to get the lead out, fuels all, all fuels entirely, but on the other hand, the government denies uh, that, you know children have had learning disabilities because Mm -hmm. of lead that's come from mining related activities it's very interesting what's going on but at the end of the day now that i'm you know fully versed on it as you know i want to have kids i I would kind of feel a little bit funny about bringing kids to uh the racetrack knowing that there's leaded fuel around and that and that's a big thing for me to say because i've been around it my entire life Mm. you know so Yeah, it's interesting. The good thing is, there's no lead in methanol. (laughs) So, we're safe with the blown cars. It's really going to have the biggest impact on the um, Superstock guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, Because they are, you know, those guys are reliant. Those big compression engines are reliant. Mm. Uh, And, yeah, I guess they're going to have to find another way to slow the burn down. Yeah. So, interesting times ahead. Yeah, it is. Certainly is. Certainly is. So... (laughs) the nhra while we're on the subject of pro mods (laughs) we may as well walk right into we had two
4: uh, nhra meets while we were on um in between podcasts so we had the thunder valley nationals in bristol and then we also had the summit racing equipment nhra nationals in ohio as well um I, we don't normally talk about top fuel, um, but I, I want to make uh, a mention to Clay Millican in his maiden victory. <laughs> <So> <laughs> after, after how many years? I don't know how many years, but I heard him say 244 attempts. <laughs> Let's just listen to to that that interview here.
0: winner a goosebump moment that was 254 national events in the making
1: clay you said uh before the finals that this one was going to be super special do you have words to describe how you're
2: feeling right now i don't uh been with me from freshman year.
1: Huh. And Mama, Daddy, Tracy Lee, Gail. Dalton, I miss you, but I knew you were riding with me today, buddy. Doug Stringer. Whitney.
0: Finally won one. Man, it
2: was just so hard. <laughs> it took long enough. Thank you. UNOH Parts Plus Great Clips. I'm screwing up like the whole sponsor thing, but don't block Don't right there. That
3: little man
2: rides
0: with me everywhere I go. Stop on that loud pedal, buddy. So, for those of you that don't know, uh, Clay Milligan owned the IHRA. Like, they pretty much won everything there was to win, reset the records. This is in the top fuel category. And then uh, he he went over to the NHRA around 2007, and it's taken 10 years. Yeah, uh, Well-funded teams, too.
4: The, the, the sad, there was a bit of emotion in the in the speech there. For those of you who don't know, that Clay Milliken's son died two years ago in a motorbike accident. So that's the reference he was making with um, his son that rides with him everywhere he goes. So really good to see him win. As I said, we don't talk a lot about top fuel, but I thought that was, was worthy of putting in there. The other one that got a bit emotional was Alex Laughlin. We poked a little bit of fun at Alex at the, in our first podcast because <laughs> of his foray in Street Outlaws. but um, Arse-whipping,
0: you and, mean. Yeah, yeah, and yeah,
4: that too. But um, he came good at, at the Thunder Valley Na- Nationals. Let's just have a listen to um, Alex Laughlin here. Perfect line,
1: Alex Laughlin. Holding 38 thousandths of a second and Alex Laughlin is going to beat Bo Butner
0: and outrun him to boot. And we have our eighth different race winner. Alex Laughlin now has two wallies.
2: Alex Laughlin with a perfect light there. Your second career win and your first under Elite ho- Horsepower. Is this the transition you were looking for?
1: Absolutely. and. I have to be honest, I did not know if I was going to cry or not when i want another one of these things, but I'm absolutely speechless. And uh, God, I I can't just, our guys, man, elite, every single one of those guys on every single one of those teams, on Vincent's team, Erica's team, Jeg's team, they all came over and they turned this car around in 42 minutes and we got back up there. And this is all because of them.
0: So obviously, because we gave him so much shit, he uh, he's been on the practice tree. He's had a crack, and he's uh, come Coward. back with a triple zero light.
4: Yeah, triple zero. <laughs> it's pretty impressive <laughs> against Bo Butner. So yeah, now that
0: was good to see Alex um, take a win there. Anyway, listen, let's not waste any more time talking about slow stock. So, Pro Mod, Pro Mod. Okay, now, mm-hmm. turbo cars again. Yeah. Two rounds, top qualified. You called this, didn't you? Uh, You know, the NHRA has just got to relax and wait till the middle of the season before they start making calls on overdrive. The only reason that the blind cars would have had a little bit up their sleeve, we discussed this, Mm. is so that when they get into this weather, they can leave the rest, you know, the ratios and so on and so forth, alone and just put a little bit more overdrive in it. So... Anyway, nonetheless, our man, Stevie Fast. He went yeah. out first round yeah. at Thunder Jonathan, Valley. Yeah, against Jonathan, Jonathan Gray. So it was a bit sad. Yeah. Um, but, you know, still he's moving forward. And then in Norwalk... Yeah, oh, Norwalk. now who won? Who won in Thunder Valley? That was uh,
4: so. In Thunder Valley, we had um, Troy Coughlan went yep. on against to take the win against Shane Molinari, who was a top qualifier. Yeah,
0: Shane Molinari. So two turbo cars in the final. Mm. Yeah, and the
4: two of those guys basically swapped positions, I guess you could say, for the Norwalk race, where uh, Troy top qualified, but Shane went on to win. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. So two turbo cars. Yeah. See, is the NHRA going to pull boost? They're going to no, drop no turbo way. size? No. Throw weight at them? No. No, no it's not no. happening. NHRA, wake up. You're going to end up like the V8 supercars and F1.
4: But you did call this, you did call this in our first podcast, or our second or third, when they when they took them down to 16.5%. Well,
0: they're was, doing what the IHRA used yeah, to do. Yeah, it's yeah. the same story. Anyway. Way too early, guys. Yeah. <sighs> It's all right. Towards the end of the season, we'll start to see the blown cars march again. Moto GP, Moto GP
4: time, because <laughs> we've got an interview coming up tonight as well. We've got Johnny Alardi and Anthony Palazzo. We got, got a well, we we spoke with them at the Hot Rod and Street Machine Spectacular, so we gotta we gotta get those guys in as well.
0: I believe that uh, his car cleaned
4: up. Yeah. 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 Both of them did actually. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Beautiful car. Hmm. But Moto GP. The Dutch GP. I loved this race. This race was awesome. (laughs) Even my wife watched it. (laughs) So you're having an effect.
0: Okay, so Channel 10, we think that you should fly Nick and I over to Phillip Island. Because we've probably added about 4,000 viewers. Mm. Oh, actually, you know what? Before we go to the MotoGP, because all through the MotoGP, I had Harry Haig of Aussie Chevelle fame texting me. He owes me a beer now. But anyway, that's another story. (laughs) Harry actually called me during the week because he's a fan of the show. And he said to me, he goes, listen, you guys have got it all wrong with the V8s. I know how to fix it. And I said, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm all ears. This is, you know, good input. He said, what we need to do, unlimited engines, I'm all for that. Let them have all the fancy suspension and everything up the front, right? But when we get to the back of the car, we need to go back to a live axle, leaf spring, and this is the kicker, 185, 60, 14 tires. <laughs> These things need to have no traction bars or, or anything of, of, of any sort of description to aid with the traction of the vehicle. And I think Harry might be onto this because you watch those old HKTGs and XYs, XWs going around Bathurst, axle hopping. <laughs> Tucking the tyre in on the corners. And it, it makes it pretty exciting. And it'll be the great equaliser. It's a lot like radial racing. It is. It this is. This would be like the X275 of circuit racing. Is it? We'll call it 185. 185 <laughs> The The one, X185. So, can, you, can you even get those tyres anymore? I don't think you can even get them anymore. I'm sure Sumitomo or someone like that makes them. So, anyway. So, yeah. Trailer tyres. Ha- Harry, Harry was telling me that Marquez was going to kick Valentino's ass, mm. and he said, "I bet you a beer." And uh, well, yeah, the Harry. doctor, <laughs> the doctor came through, and he yeah. conceded at the end of the race. That's why they call him the doctor. Yeah. So in qualifying, it didn't look like the doctor. You know, I, like, you know, he's always in there for a chance. He could start last and still be in there with a chance. But, um, uh, you know, you wouldn't have said that he was the favourite going into the race. No, no, definitely not. No. But it seems as though he's come to terms with the new chassis. Yeah. On the Yamaha. And I don't know about you, Nick, but what an incredible race.
4: Oh, it was amazing. It was amazing.
0: Zarco, early lead like he does. Goes out on softs, right? It looked like he was going to be putting contention. mm makes a dumb call so it starts to rain now I, I know what it's like to ride a street bike around a track on street tires I can't even begin to imagine what it would be like to ride a bike on slicks in the rain <laughs> around a track so Zarco makes the early call pits jumps on his other bike with the wets on and that was just a waste of time he, he should have stayed out and toughed it Um the, the lead uh, just swapped around between those uh, aliens as they refer to them. Yeah. Um, but in the end, Rossi came through, Petrucci right behind him. Well, although Rossi did open a bit of a gap towards the end he there. He did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And then Mark Marquez third. Uh, there were some big movers though. Carl Crutchlow started in eighth. Yeah. And finished fourth. Divi- he came on strong right at the end. He did, too. he yeah, did. That move
4: wasn't didn't come to a right at the end.
0: Uh yep. ninth. Pretty much I, I, you'd argue that he followed Crutchlow yeah. through. But uh, uh post race said that uh, a few more laps mm. and he reckons he would have been he would have been right there. Yep. He would have been yep. would have tussling it out with them. Uh, but for me the standout, I mean, aside from Rossi, uh, Australian Jack Miller yeah. Started in 13th. Now, Jack is renowned for his abilities in the wet. Started in 13th, finished 6th. Um, top effort. Awesome to see. So, uh, yeah, the the old... Uh, I mean, Vignali, seeing him drop the bike, that was a bit sad. But um, I guess the uh, the biggest disappointment of this season, you would have to say, is good old george oh hey i yeah. heard that they paid him 20 million euros really yeah yeah you could have got right petrucci's whole family <laughs> <laughs> you probably would have got the whole village for 20 million euros so i don't know i don't know what they're gonna do there how many years was that how many is that? Don't say one year. <laughs> I think that's a one-year contract. Oh <laughs> it was money not well spent. Now, there's there's been a lot of rivalry, as you know, when I were both on Yamahas between Rossi mm. and uh, Lorenzo, and you know the famous wall that yeah. they built in the pit garage, um, and you know I I I'm a big Rossi fan, right? I copped a lot of shit while this was all happening, you know, because people always, you know, look at the new young and up-and-comers, the yeah. Marquez's, the Renzos, and you know that all through the Vignali's. like I'm, I'm a big backer of Vinales, because I see him as someone that's got some talent and he's a bit humble, and you know, mm. he, he's entertaining, he's, he hasn't got a, a chip on his shoulder. The other two, in my opinion, they, they've got a chip on their shoulder. And I think I, I would have loved to have been near rossi after that race because i'm sure he would have sent a text message to lorenzo <laughs> <laughs> saying something like sorry if i scared you as i lapped you <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he would have been saying something along the lines of um i was partying all night with those big-breasted dutch girls you remember what it was like to win oh probably not <laughs> Now it was a very good
4: race. Um, it was sad to see... Um, oh, jeez, what was his name? Vinales. Their champion, well, he was championship leader. Or oh, is he still leading?
0: No, no, no. I think Davizioso is leading. Yeah, but yeah. the thing is, Nick, and this is how fantastic MotoGP is this season. I mean, it, you know, it's been good in the past. I've told you I've always been a fan of it. But um, I believe that there's seven points separating the top yeah, four. that's correct. And that's incredible. Mm, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and this is without any kind of, you know, shootout or top bait or countdown or any of that bullshit, right? No mandatory pit stops, no, nothing, right? No communication to the pits, the rider, the machine, and he makes his own decisions. I mean, they don't know. They don't know whether they're coming in. You can see them, they put the warmers on, they take the warmers off, they, you know, they, they push the bike out, they push it back in. The only communication is that pit board. Yeah. And the yeah, driver's yeah. got no way of getting any information back to the pits. They've got telemetry on the bike. Yeah. So they can see what the bike's doing. They can probably make changes. I'm not 100% sure, but more than likely. But, um, mate, you've got to say, MotoGP... This season, as far as motorsport goes, I can't think of any other sport on the planet that's even come close.
4: No, you're right. And a lot of people are saying that to me now, Simon. That's the problem.
0: Channel 10, you need to fly us to Phillip Island. We'll do a live (laughs) podcast from Phillip Island.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Let's just have a listen to Valentino Rossi after the race. I like this interview, actually
3: yes i'm so happy for for a dif- different uh, reason because it's a very important victory for also for the championship but especially the feeling for the comeback at the, uh, at the number one is fantastic after one year sincerely i, I race with motorcycle for uh, for this feeling for what i feel uh, the five six hours after the race and uh, and it's always great especially after one year without victories
4: what happened with johan we can see the tire in your levers
3: Zarco, another time but for me he's not a bad guy he's uh, just I uh, don't understand the distance from one bike to the other because uh, I don't know where he want to go
0: you know Nick Nick <laughs> that uh, you know for those of you that didn't see Zarco had a go Johan Zarko Frenchman had a go at Rossi mm. and his front wheel actually hit Rossi's back yeah, wheel yeah he right, no, hit his
4: leathers as well yeah
0: yeah he yeah, yeah. flicked his, his leg up mm. um, the, the thing is right If that happened to me, I would have shat myself, pulled over and started praying that I wasn't, you know, didn't get killed, right? Rossi just kept on going like nothing happened. Like it it didn't even happen, you know? Zarco ran wide and was completely flustered by it. Now, a few races ago... Right, they had a, a coming together. They
4: did, yes, yep.
0: And and Rossi made the point of saying, you know, this isn't Moto Two, mate. Mm. You gotta like if you're gonna make a move, make it a clean move. Yeah. And for the last few races, Zarkos had a point to prove. Goes out there, gets the early lead. The, he's got to start to sort of. Th- I mean, he's a great rider. There's no doubt about it. He's got a lot of talent, but he's got to start thinking about his strategy tire where everyone goes on about how good he is at conserving the tires but it seems to me that the same thing happens all the time he'll lead you know like pretty much for, for a good portion of the race if he gets out in front uh, but then the tires start mm. to go off and there's nothing anyone can yeah. do so yeah. he he probably needs to start with a harder compound tire and learn how to ride a bit more conservatively in the beginning of the race mm. and then he'll have something for him towards the end of the race yeah. but definitely Right? I've gotta say he's definitely an up and coming. But you know, look at the future of the sport. Vignalis, right? Mm. We already know he's good. Zarco Yeah. Right? Petrucci. Mm. I mean Petrucci. Davizioso. This sport is just gonna get better and better and better.
4: And Pedrosa as well. I mean arguably he's still got a few a few years in him yeah, as well. Anyway, so um Oh yeah, that's right. Jeez. <laughs>
0: If you didn't pick that up, you, you would now. <laughs> All right, so uh, Steve McQueen's Porsche from the famous Le Mans movie. Yeah, I, I, it's coming up for auction at
4: Pebble Beach in August, and um, 16000000 million they're hoping to get for it. The reason why I bought it up was that car sort of crosses over. We're seeing a hike in movie cars. Now, this car is not just a race car, but it was a movie car as well. Yeah, but Nick, well. it's,
0: it's a 917, bro. Mm. You know, like, the 917 is arguably... The 917-30 is arguably the most incredible car ever built on mm. the planet, yeah. bar none. For those of you that don't know, I can't remember the figures off the top of my head, but it is, a, I believe, a 5-litre flat 12. It weighs about 800 kilos, mm-hmm. and with the boost wound right up, they'd seen over 1500 horsepower on the engine dyno yeah like if you haven't <laughs> seen this car
4: you don't know what we're talking about just google it i mean it is an absolutely
0: beautiful car now this is the so this is not the dash 30 no no this is the, the k yeah so that they, they started this style of car mm. think the 907 or 906 yeah i think so and then it progressed it got developed but, yeah, I can see it pulling $16 million. And it was yeah. Steve McQueen's. Yeah, yeah, it was Steve McQueen's,
4: but it was also in the movie as well. So, the 20, you know, the 24... What, sorry, and it, and won, it the, won Le Mans, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. a winner. It's a race winner. Yeah. So, yeah,
0: yeah. So, I think it'll get the money. It'll be interesting to see. It just comes down to whether people have got the money to spend. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's true.
4: That's true. Anyway, while we're talking about
0: nice cars...
4: I caught up, as you know, I went to the Hot Rod and Street Machine Spectacular and I managed to catch up with, they're, they're good friends of mine as well, Johnny Alardi and Anthony Palazzo. Now, Johnny won first place for his um, XW Falcon and Anthony won the third place for his XY Falcon. Sorry, Fairmont. My apologies, guys. So I caught up with those guys there. Let's just have a listen to the interview here. G'day, everyone out there on the World Wide Web. I'm here with Johnny Alardi of benzene detailing. How are you Johnny? Yeah I'm well thanks Nick. Thanks for joining us I'm also here with Anthony Palazzo of Palazzo Automotive. How are you Anthony? Yeah good thanks himself Yeah very good thanks. Thanks for joining us today guys. So we just had a look at your cars. Johnny you want to
3: tell us a bit about your XW first? Uh, yeah it's uh, obviously 1970 XW Fairmont. Um Finished the second build last year for the show. This show last year and uh, 393 Windsor uh, C4 nine inch. Um, all the basic stuff you sort of do to an XW. Um, yeah, and I guess the, what's different about it is the, the paint scheme, which is a BA acid rush with a white um, vinyl roof, uh, vinyl roof wrap. Um, yeah, custom dash boot um, and standard rear trim seats. I remember this car from many, many moons ago. That's this is your first car, correct? If I'm wrong. Uh, yes, I uh, bought one month after getting my license in 1996, um, and like I said, yeah, we did the first build probably uh, about 11 or so years ago and then about two or three years ago we uh, took it off the road again to do the complete uh, driveline rebuild and refresh and we smoothed the engine bay and resprayed you know one side of the car as well and yeah we just sort of got it to a level where we were happy with yeah no it's
4: an awesome car we love it i mean obviously you know i love it (laughs) um so, Johnny, tell us a bit about the business as well. I mean, you're, oh, I look to you, and I think you're a guy that's really following following your dreams and doing what what you love. Tell us a bit about, A, the detailing business and also Elite Muscle Cars.
3: Yeah, well, the funny thing is we probably <clears throat> started Elite Muscle Cars before we started Benzines Detailing. And that's because obviously, yeah, uh, obviously cars were a passion of mine and it's something I, I wanted to do, um, you know, after the job that I was working at um, and we sort of bit the bullet probably three or four years ago and uh, bought the workshop and and we, the detailing side was going to be a part of the muscle car side of things so we obviously imported some cars back then, um, did a lot of parts and accessories which we still do now but uh, the detailing side uh, took off and sort of overrun the uh, the muscle car side of things. and. Which, which I'm happy for that because um, we still get to work on the cars, we still do the accessories and both uh, businesses, I suppose, complement each other. So it's, it's a handy thing to have. Yeah, they certainly
4: do. I mean, obviously, I'm a big fan of your work. I follow all your work. But I've seen some you doing some really high-end stuff these days. We saw a Lamborghini just the other day, a couple of Ferraris as well so anything in particular or like anyone can bring their car down it doesn't doesn't need to be anything special
3: yeah i think that's the best i think what i think is the best part of my business is that you don't have to have a muscle car yeah you don't have to have an exotic car um detailing is a is a passion obviously i'm passionate about plastic cars muscle cars and exotics and all that sort of thing but um i like to think that we provide a, a good service regardless of uh, what car you have and it's it you don't need to have um, a top-end car to want to care for it Uh, you can have a you know a a, a Hyundai a Land Cruiser um, all you need (coughs) generally people that come to us they they want to have their car detailed or polished uh, by a reputable business and that's the sort of service, you know, I like to provide for them.
4: Yeah. We were talking amongst friends the other night, actually, and he was, one of my friends pointed it out to me, I didn't even realise, but use filtered water. So all the water that actually lands on all your cars is actually filtered.
3: Yeah, we use, a, a, I guess, a deioniser, yeah. filter. So, um, yeah, it's just one of those, I guess, details that we like to use. I will admit we don't use it on every car. Um, there's certain details we use it on, um, depending on what we're doing. But yeah, it definitely offers it, it makes some of the jobs a bit more efficient as well, um, mm. depending on what we, we're intending on doing on the cars. But yeah, um, like I said, yeah, it's just one of the other things, you know, high end things that we include yeah. in, the, in, our, in our business.
4: Yeah, oh, that's awesome. All right, Johnny. Well, you know, Actually, well, just before we finish up, I mean, tell us a bit. You come from a family of Ford people, I know. Yep. Um. Tell us a bit of a couple of the cars in in the family.
3: Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> well, if we yeah, we won't go back too far because there's a lot of them. But <laughs> uh, I guess at the moment, uh, currently, we have the uh, the ZA Fairlane, which is uh, another one in the family. Uh, obviously, everyone probably knows Dad's white, you know, mm. X Y GT replica, which has been with us since. 1988 from memory. I was going to say I remember that car yep. from when I was a kid. And that, that car has been probably done twice as well and probably could do it with another refresh and something. but funny enough the, I, know, this, I put this on my page the other day because dad came in and um, we haven't polished that car yet so okay. uh, it, it's the reason for that being is yeah we want to do a, a few more paint, paint things on it and then we'll, we'll have that car polished and um, looking, you know, as fresh as, uh, as it can be. But yeah, yeah so that's another two. Uh, we have a HT Premier, funny enough, in the workshop at the moment, which is mine. Um, yeah, another than the FG that the Mrs. Yep. drives. Um, and I guess, yeah, funny enough, uh, I drive an SS Commodore as a daily driver, so... Um. No, that's all right. <laughs> okay, well, I'll drive a Commodore so, yeah, every day as well, so... Um, I guess everyone needs a bunkie, so yep. <laughs> that, that's the way I look at it. <laughs>
4: All right, Johnny, I really appreciate it. Anthony's actually run off, so we'll have, to, we'll have to track him down a bit later on, but thanks for your time today. No problem. Thanks, Nick. Take care. Anyway, we've tracked down Anthony, so I'm here with Anthony. Anthony, tell us a bit about... Well, firstly, tell us a bit about yourself and how you came to building the XY. Uh,
1: look, I, um, I've had it about uh, 17 years now. It was uh, my third car. Yep. Um, uh, pretty much stripped it the second day I owned it and built it for the first time. Still the same color, which is a Moonlight Blue Clear Metallic. It had a little 302 Windsor in it, C4, yeah. um, with still white interior. Um, about four years ago, I rebuilt it again, just to make it a little bit more drivable and a little bit more power, uh, which is now, it's got a 408 Clevo, uh, still a C4. Um, changed the interior to FG G6E seats front and rear. Um, yeah, and then the, the reverse cowl on it and got the front of the car resprayed. Re- mm. And um, just changed all the suspension and the steering components just to make it a little bit more drivable and yep. yeah.
4: Look, I mean, in many ways, I think you and Johnny have kind of broken the mold of the XYXW regime that we've had in Australia for many years where we, we've seen regimented in restoring them in a particular manner. So, I mean, you broke the mould there a bit with the seats um, and the rims as well. Tell us a bit about the radials that you're running on
1: on that car. Yeah, uh, they're a, f- a fifteen by eight, and they've got a, um, a, sem- a semi-slick on it. Yeah, so, and then the fronts have got a seventeen. Um, it's just, you know, it's personal preference, I always wanted that tough stance look. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, it's personal preference, everybody's got their own, um, own take on things and, yeah, it's just pretty much how it is. Yeah, I, I agree, I
4: mean, I, I, I like the stance, I like the look, I think it's awesome.
1: So, Clevo, you've, you've stuck with Clevo, um. But this time, and- yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll put a Clevo in it now. Uh, It's a 408 CHI head, just a hydraulic roller camshaft, just a bit more streetable. Yeah. I made 605 on the engine dyno. Wow. Um... And you put that together yourself? Yeah, put it together myself, yeah, approximately four years ago. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Small awesome. pump gas. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a nice street package. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. Cool. It's good. Cool. Any future plans for the car, or are we just keeping it the way it is? Uh, they, there's always future plans, and we just keep on making upgrades and improvements yeah. on it just to yep. make it more drivable. Yeah. Hopefully, EFI and who knows, turbo or
4: something next. Yeah, okay. So yep, yep. No, yeah. I heard that whisper in the wind. I won't say from where, but you probably yeah. gather I heard that was might be coming. So that's yeah. why I sort of preempted the question. Yeah, there's always always something to do. Yeah, that's right. It never ends. All right, Anthony. Thanks for your time. Always. Um, Thank you. You take care, and we'll see you out there. Thanks, thanks mate. So thanks, guys, for making the time to catch up with me there at the hot rod uh, show. Now,
0: great, if, great to see the guys getting some rewards for yeah. their their top efforts. Mm. I know that. Um, Anthony's car, you know, he's he's been tinkering with that for a very very long mm, time. Yeah. And everyone that sees it in the flesh always comments about how immaculate it is.
4: Uh, so thanks guys for making the time there. Um, and there'll also be a video on our Facebook page on Sunday evening with those cars and that interview uh, mixed into the into the audio the visual there. So yeah, if you if you miss that, um, go on our Facebook page and you can see it all there. All right. I think you wanna, we wanna, we need to allocate a fair bit of time now.
0: <laughs> oh, I don't want to talk about it. Cause don't I, you? No, because I'm starting to realise that this whole taxi challenge thing, mm. right? If I win, it's going to be through some sort of uh, stroke of luck, act of God, because <laughs> because he, here's the things that I've like. So we've got a Camry now. For those of you that don't know, we've we've actually got one. Uh, bought it on Sunday, and. Um, of all the Camrys that I could possibly buy, I bought the heaviest one that they make, the Conquest. This thing's got electric everything, right? So it's like right, I haven't weighed it yet, but I'm I'm gonna guess that it's gonna be like 16, 1700 kilos. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really? Well, it's got it's got ABS. It's got power windows. It's got aircon. Power steering. It's got LPG. <laughs> right. Do you want me to carry on? Yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway, so I'm going to need to address... Oh, it's got cruise control too. Yeah. I'm going to need to address that issue. So the first problem is this thing's heavy, way heavier than I thought. I thought these things were going to come in about a ton. But the second problem is, uh, I don't know anyone, and I can't find anything on the internet, anyone that's ever done anything to a uh, 1MZFE, which is the 3-litre V6 that they've got. mm so oh, I assumed, you know, it's a Toyota V6. Someone's put a turbo on it or done something nut-dreaming. Nah, Next thing is, every single performance shop, because I, I didn't know this, I was quite humbled actually to find out that there are a number of performance shops in uh, not just WA but across Australia that listen to this podcast. Yeah, okay. Right, so shout out to all you guys, the guys that I spoke to. They said, "How are you going to get it to hook up? It's front-wheel drive." And I'm going, well, "All the weights at the front, isn't it going to?" So, And to make matters worse, you know me, I'm a Ford guy. I hate Toyotas, right? So, this is, this is kind of like going against my religion, you know? Uh, so, where we're at, we've got this Camry Conquest. Um, it's a Balkata car, so we're keeping it authentic, right? <laughs> it appears, judging by the person that was driving it and his name, and the beads that were on the seat—that it may well have been either an ex-taxi <laughs> or, or an or an ex-rideshare uh, car—and I think that's the thing. Like you know, Scott's got the taxi, the FG taxi from Street Machine, and and we're going to go with the WA rideshare Camry, <laughs> right? So where we're at with it so far is I've got crew, yeah, right. So. Uh, uh, We've we got to, like, I'm thinking that we've got to do this properly because it's got to be a good representation of Australia, right? So the the crew has to be multicultural, right? So we've got Matt Luff from MAC1 Air Conditioning. He's a Kiwi, right? He's coming on board. Uh, we've got uh, Asha Buknik, who's uh, an Arab, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's Israeli he's, anyway, he's Israeli he's Israeli he's Israeli yeah. there you go uh, if he can get a bus in time he's going to come just for a drive because yeah. you know everyone wants to go for just for a drive across the right? Um we've got Trevor yeah right Trevor's put his hand up so we've got the token Australian yeah, he's dinky die <laughs> he Trav. is dinky die and you've got to have a token Australian these days he used to be the token wog now it's the token Australian <laughs> right <laughs> So, uh, I think we've got a pretty good, you know, we've got myself, Wog, so we've got a, we've got a good uh, ensemble mm. of the real Australia in there, right? Um, we've got some sponsors, so that's a good thing. Sandro and Charlie from SCM have said that they've got a cupboard full of junk that I can raid. <laughs> so, oh, Thanks, so, Charlie and Sandro. So, uh, I'm hoping I'm going to find some injectors or something in there or something, I don't know. Um, I'm pretty sure... I know, I know you think I'm joking, but I'm pretty sure I've got a GD35 that I'm using as a wheel chock. Right? <laughs> so, so, you've got to come down to the workshop and we've got to, yeah. we've got to find these bits. Um, we've got uh, Jamie from Shift Kits Australia, mm-hmm. or shiftkits.com, as many of you would know. He is going to donate two ECUs, one to run the motor and one to run the transmission. And he's going to do the wiring. Uh, we've got Paul from Keys Transmissions who's gonna uh, modify the transmission so that we can manually shift it or something. I'm not hundred percent sure what he's doing. Obviously all fast gonna do the converter. And uh, trying to think who else is oh and uh, Mick at Overboost and uh, and Rob from Monster Talk have both offered us dyno time when we get to that stage. Excellent. The thing is though. We haven't started building the car, right? And Scott's finished his and already raced it. Mm. Okay, now, I I believe that he's gone 12-0 at one hundred twenty one. That's correct, yeah. Right? So, the mile an hour is there. Um, There's talk that he's going to put bigger injectors and uh, uh, a converter, which, Scott, I'm spewing you didn't ring me for the converter, but whatever, whatever. (laughs) But anyway, um, so... Yeah, I don't know how we're going to go. Like, I honestly think for the first time in my life that I've uh, bitten off more than I can chew. Um, and and uh, even though twelve o sounds relatively slow, uh, to get a front-wheel drive car that weighs that much uh, with an engine... Oh, and that's another thing. I've been doing some research on the engine, right? So, you know, Toyota stuff, generally, it's pretty tough as everyone yeah, goes on about yeah. Okay, so, so the pistons, uh, they're 10.5 to 1 compression, right? So that's you know not really where you want to be with a turbo combo right (laughs) and the top ring is so far up the piston that it's almost on top of the piston really yeah which is also something that you don't want for a turbo combination you want that ring down down so um the the next thing is the conrods they reckon the conrods are that brittle that if you drop them they shatter (laughs) So, oh, so, I'm finding all this out, you know, now. I sort of figured, oh, you know, it's Toyota, it should be good quality stuff, but apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> but we weren't going to crack the motor open, were we? That was the whole idea. No, that was the whole yeah, idea. Just but that, that means that we're probably going to need one motor per <laughs> racetrack. <laughs> right and one one to get over there as well yes yes so i'm deeply concerned about this uh i have got no idea how i'm going to make this work oh and and that's the other thing too i've sort of figured out where i can mount the turbo yeah right um but the intake plumbing because the intake is at the the back of the engine effectively against the firewall right it's going to need like about 20 kilometers of intake plumbing to get from the turbo to the intercooler and then back around because the intercooler is now coming out of the other side of the motor you know car yeah so i don't know how i'm going to do it i've got no idea i know i've got a lot of sleepless nights coming up and you know what nick you're going to be there for every single <laughs> one of them right so um what we need to do i know you haven't heard of this for a long time right but uh We've got to get together and meet at Area Thirty Two. Area Thirty Two, yeah, yep. Yep. yeah, the mythical Area Thirty Two. <laughs> so do for the, <laughs> do 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 for those of you that don't know, Area Thirty Two is where all of my early cars were built. <laughs> the, the famous Capri, XD, XE, Cortina, even the Datsun.
4: No, I still, I'm looking
0: forward to it. I mean,
4: it, it's we can. It'll be fun. It'll be fun.
2: It'll be
0: cool. So, if there's anyone out there, Reese Mills, <laughs> that wants to sponsor me some 235 6015 mm. tyres for the front, and maybe some front runners for the back, <laughs> uh, it'd be much appreciated. Anyone that's got any E-Series 15 by 7 rims, I think they're going to fit on the front e-series I think so i th- I got a feeling that I the ca- I've got a set of e, e-series pelicans. yeah like e-a I e-b I've got four of them here 15 sevens? yeah have you
4: they might be six and a halves okay they're definitely 15s
0: yeah alright I've got four of them we've got to try them because I think that'll have the right offset and I'm, I'm not sure but I think the Camry's forward
2: yeah
4: there's four of them out there
0: alright looks oh, like we've got a rim sponsor now <laughs> rim
4: sponsor in the shed <laughs> collecting dust
0: <laughs> so so what else do we need I think I've got enough stuff at Area 32. Yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure that there's... I'm pretty sure there's a... uh, An intercooler. uh, Maybe a bluff valve. A gate. Um, Anyway, we'll have a look. I'll get the Camry there. I'll get you there. Mm. And we'll... um, and we'll start posting some videos. Yeah, yeah, we need to do some video that
4: way that'll keep the people, the people of Perth and Belkata and all of our other listeners across Australia and the United States. We had some listeners, we had some video views, quite a lot of them, 169 in the United States.
0: is not a lot, Nick, come on. It's not a lot, but it's... it's <laughs> come it's, on, mate.
4: <laughs> they were genuine views. Not just clicks. <laughs> just it's not just clickbait. <laughs> Alright, I think we're done. I think we're done. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about?
0: Uh yeah, there is actually um oh, sorry. There's uh Isn't there a, a like a, a show or something coming up? No, we had that. Oh, show. that's right. Uh Jamboree. Jamboree's coming up in oh, Sydney. Okay. I don't know whether it's before the next podcast, I'm not hundred percent sure, but it is coming up, so keep your um Keep your ears and eyes peeled for that. It'll be a yep. good event. There's uh, a lot of RB war going on at the moment. Um, who, who's going to be the quickest? Who's going to run what? A lot of guys switching to autos. Yeah, okay. Um, mainly because I don't think they know how to set up a clutch. <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> so, so uh, I don't know. I think that's about it over here. We uh, Darwin's the next big race uh, yeah. in... in uh, Australia. Mm. Um, <clears throat> now, apparently, uh, this there's a bit of controversy about whether they're actually gonna um, host the event. Is that is yeah. that correct? Because yeah. they need to get like sixty thousand dollars or something to pay the Thunder people. <laughs> sixty five, I heard. Sixty five grand. Yeah. So we don't even know for sure. Like, Thunder's announced that it's going to happen, but. Um, no one's really sure who's going to pay for it I've heard a rumour that they're going to the government for the money mm, yeah. um, which is not I don't think that's you know I don't know what the people of Northern Territory are going to think about that but after races will like it after Robbie Gordon t- uh, tore up the streets oh yeah that's all lie. we need that's all we need <laughs> uh, yeah so that's about it we'll uh, <clears throat> like Nick said we'll be posting up some videos shortly of yep. the uh, the Camry build <laughs>
4: Also, custom cars and coffee this Sunday, the 2nd of July. I can't make it, so but still go down there and support it. <laughs> oh, there you go. See, I knew there
0: was some events. <laughs> yeah, no, get down there. I've,
4: I've got to get on a plane on Sunday, but that's all right. Um, Yeah, get down there and uh, support. Really? Yeah, I do. You're
0: yeah. getting on a plane. Yeah. So I'm going to have to build this car by myself. That's I'm only
4: going for four days. It's all right.
0: It's not good enough, Nick. It's not good
4: enough. <laughs> the, 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 my paying job beckons me. alright well you can catch us on iTunes, Podbean Soundcloud, go to our Facebook page, Instagram page um, like us there share it, also you can get our podcast on www.talkandpower.net head over there and like the um, download you can download the podcast from there as well and um, and also our YouTube videos. All of our YouTube videos go on our website, but you can also find us at Talkin' Power on YouTube as well. All of our videos are there.
0: And if there's anyone there from uh, Uber Marketing or Chauffeur Marketing... Chauffeur, yeah. Chauffeur. yeah. You want to go for Chauffeur because
4: well, it's, it's from belcatta Yeah, from yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> a synergy. It's a synergy. But you but
0: know, we're, we're not the Hoon Capital anymore. Not after that Robbie Gordon nah, Darwin is now. Yeah, Darwin but... is the Hoon Capital of the world. <laughs> so yeah hey listen if we get Robbie Gordon down here to do some donuts in Balcata mm. would that put us back on the map or does yeah, he have to get we'll caught
4: get, we'll get the no we'll get the mayor to close the streets we'll get Giovanni Italiano to. <laughs> Giov- don't have to run this over the lawyers do we have lawyers do we have lawyers on this show we maybe, we, maybe we can
0: get some sponsors <laughs> <laughs> John Hammond <laughs> Simon Walters Simon Walters <laughs> yeah uh, oh, Freeman
4: John- Lurie <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll close it there. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming down tonight. No worries, Nick. All right, we'll we'll get started on this Camry. <laughs> All right, take care. See you on See the you street. Are. See ya.
0: Talk and power, stresses, all characters and events on this podcast, even those based on real people, are entirely fictional. All celebrity voices are impersonated poorly. We do not encourage street racing or the use of turbochargers.